Welcome to Your Hell Yes Life, the podcast that celebrates women who are following their yes and living life on their own terms. I'm your host, Zaya B, best-selling author, artist, explorer, and cheerleader for women tossing should to the curb. With each episode, I'll bring you inspiring stories and practical tips from brave, bold women. So tune in, get ready, and let's trailblaze your hell yes life. Hello, your hell yes life trailblazers. Today on the show, we have the extraordinarily talented Jessica Underwater. She is an artist, singer-songwriter, yoga teacher, and creative workshop and ceremony leader from the Netherlands, currently based in Luxembourg. She shares her music in all kinds of settings, from sound healing to women's retreats, as well as concerts, ceremonies, and singing circles. She especially loves to work with women and children, creating spaces of empowerment, using her music and other tools like creative writing, dance, ritual, meditation, and nature connection. Her voice, music, and lyrics are unlike anything I have ever heard, will touch your heart and soul, and will have you singing her lyrics for days. If you have not heard her music yet, you need to hear it. Not now. Don't leave us. But when we're finished, you need to go and listen. Since women have been conditioned to underplay our accomplishments or unique ideas and decisions, at Your Hell Yes Life, we are taking out a spotlight to bring illumination to these areas. So I want to start with a huge congratulations for Yeska that she has self-released a spectacular album and several singles with another album coming this June. Her work is so magnificent that she has fans around the world and has been able to raise funds from her supporters to make this a reality. Let's be honest, sharing your creative work with the world and asking for money both take courage. Yeska has done both in order to honor her calling as a musician. I was lucky enough to meet Yeska when we were both traveling in Portugal last year. I invited myself into a conversation she was having in a small market. Yes, that is how I roll and how I meet fascinating people. The next day, I was blessed to hear her sing at a beautiful venue, and it's hard to describe the depth of that experience. To me, her singing feels otherworldly, like an angel sound or the universe itself singing. She then invited me to another gathering where she created spontaneous songs reflecting poetry her friend had just shared. Her ability to create lyrics on the spot was pure magic. On top of her talent, she's just a beautiful, gentle soul with a strong connection to earth, and you are in for a big treat. So sit back, relax, and listen. Thank you for that introduction. (laughs) Sure, it's my pleasure to have you here, and I'm so excited for us to just jump right in. There is a common narrative that it's impossible to make a living in a creative field, and you are doing it. And I love finding people whose lives crush these old limiting ideas. What has been your path to becoming a full-time musician? What has been my path? It has definitely been a lot of trial and error, I would say. (laughs) And like falling and standing up again. So a lot of that path has been me starting very small, sharing my songs in yoga classes once I started teaching yoga. And then in this part, you know, where the people are relaxing and there's this Shavasana part, I started playing my songs and my music. And in these moments or actually after the class, people came to me and they would say like, wow, I was just transported somewhere when you started singing or I thought you put on some music, but then I realized it was you. (laughs) These like small experiences, they really gave me confidence and they helped me see that, oh, wow, this music is really doing something to people. Apart from just that it's doing something for me because I feel good when I sing and I feel like I'm expressing things that I cannot express otherwise. 
And so, yeah, I just started sharing and I kept sharing more because it was therapeutic both for me and then I found out also for the people that received the music. Slowly, slowly, bit by bit, uh, it started growing. And from yoga classes came more concerts and came the dream of my first album. And then I did that. And it's been a very organic process, I would say. How does the next step show up for you? How do you figure out what that next thing is? Is it is it an intuition? Is it an invitation? It is often a, something uncomfortable in my being, actually. Like, usually... I know that I'm being asked by life or spirit or my higher self, however you want to call it. I'm being asked to step into a new chapter or take a next step when there's a lot of fear coming up or discomfort. Because usually it's just me resisting that kind of like leap I need to take because I'm scared, right? Looking back, it was often in these moments and transition times where I was just like really struggling with some fears that actually afterwards I could see, ah, because I did face the fears and I didn't have to put them aside, but I just had to face them and go through them. And then at the other side, I found that, oh, wow, now this is like actually an expansion, a new part of me. But maybe I couldn't have known that before, you know, but it's kind of actually it it often goes with some discomfort. (laughs) And then I know that somehow I'm growing into something new, but I don't know exactly what that is yet. That's beautiful that you find that place of discomfort. And instead of saying, this is awful, I need to avoid it. Let me go do something else. You say, oh, wait a second. This is my next big chapter. I love that. So do you have a process? I know you do yoga and you're very connected to earth. When this discomfort Mm -hmm. comes up. I'm curious how you experience it as you're starting to think of, I want to do another album. Is it that you're thinking of that next step and that's when the discomfort or like, what is the actual process of that evolution? And then how do you deal with the discomfort? Yeah, it depends. Like it's not always the thought of the new creation. It's more maybe something that can come up in that process. Like for example, for this new album that's coming out now, I really had to open up to receive a lot more. And in another way, that's also meant to really believe that what I create is worth it, like really worth it to be shared. And then how I feel that in my body and in my being, it's, it depends. I mean, it can be very emotional also. It can be like really just me, like feeling just really, yeah, in my body, like tension and emotions coming up and, and just things that want to move. And usually I I allow myself space because I'm a very emotional being. And so it's like either that or I cannot breathe anymore. So I will have to just give it space. But then what happens is beautiful because in the moment that that is happening, I usually don't know what's going on, but only afterwards I can see, oh, wow, I just, I really needed to move through that. Otherwise I couldn't get to the other side of seeing that I'm okay in these fears or these feelings, whatever they are. They needed to be felt in order for me to really arrive in a new understanding of myself and my art also, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Have you Mm -hmm. always been that in touch with yourself that you can feel it and know how to deal with it? Or has that been an evolution for you? You know, in the past, did Mm -hmm. you maybe avoid fears more? I don't think I could ever really avoid them because I've always felt things very strongly. I do think I learned 
more how to be really gentle and kind with myself. And that has definitely been a process and an ongoing one. And I think that's for all of us. It's a journey of really embracing our humanness and embracing the things that we struggle with or that we find difficult. So that is something I can definitely see that somehow I developed this conversation and relationship with myself where I can yeah, more quickly when I come in the moment of struggle or even having negativity around it or judging myself, it's more quickly that I can step out of it and I can see it and I can really come back to love and more see usually, you know, the small inner child that just, you know, needs my attention and just wants to be held and be accepted as she is. Um, yeah. And that has been a beautiful process because that has created so much more intimacy with myself and so much more, uh, yeah, also depth, I would say, and knowing how, knowing myself better. I know that's something that is important to you beyond just yourself. I know that you want to help women and children, yeah. but probably on this piece, more women connect yeah. with themselves. And so for women that are listening Mm. You know, maybe they're new to this or maybe they are on the path of self-acceptance and love. Do you have any thoughts or advice on what they can do to deepen that connection? Um, yeah. What is really important for me is that I create space. Like if my life is totally full or, you know, I'm all the time with people and work and things to do and I don't create even the tiniest spaces to just have a rest and feel <laughs> like feel myself, I'm not going to know how I'm actually doing and it's going to come out in one way or another in my relationships or because something doesn't work out. So yeah, create space. That is really what I would say. And then create space for a moment of reflection in the way that you enjoy that. Because I don't know, some people like to go doing sports, walking, you can write and journal. You can just sit down with a cup of tea, like whatever it is that helps you to connect and, and give a space, but from a space of joy. I also see that now often, especially in the more spiritual world, uh, there is also this like space creating can turn into another thing that you have to do, right? And then it becomes another thing where we are hard on ourselves and we don't just allow ourselves to be. So you do that on a regular basis. You make sure that on a daily basis or as often as yeah. possible that you have space for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I also really notice when I skip it, like I try to always take a moment in the morning, doesn't have to be long, but, and it's always a bit different. Sometimes I do yoga. Sometimes I just sit down with a cup of tea. Sometimes I go to the forest, but I really notice the difference when I didn't do that in the day. Then, then yeah, in the morning, I mean, then in the day, it's easier to feel that oh, I get a little bit out of touch with what I really need and listening to my body and my being. I love mm -hmm. that. But just yesterday, my day was totally busy. I didn't have lunch until three in the evening. I wanted to get to my studio to paint. And I thought yeah. it's a gorgeous day. I have to get outside. And I live in a city, but I live yeah. close to a big, gorgeous park. And I went for a walk, saw an owl sitting up in the tree and just observed the owl for a while, listened to the birds. It's spring. So there's flowers everywhere. And I didn't walk for very long, maybe it was two miles, but I just felt like a whole new being, just so connected to the, you know, to earth, to something bigger, calmer, mm. 
happier. And it was like, yeah, why don't I make sure that I do this every day? I have to do this. I have, I mean, to your point, I don't want it to be a to-do. So maybe I want to do this every day because I I did feel just so joyous and expansive out there. So I understand that completely. So you mentioned your new album and Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that. For Mm -hmm. somebody that enjoys music, but doesn't know anything about the process, when you're creating an album, is there a theme throughout the entire thing? Or what is the process? How do you come up with an entire album? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Because for this album, actually, I had a dream. I had a dream uh, three years ago. Yeah, it was like one year after I released my first album. And I literally, I, I had a dream I was in a bookstore. And I got delivered a book. Like I went to the counter to buy one book. But then they said, no, this book is for you. And it was the producer of my first album who was the the bookkeeper. (laughs) And he gave me a book and it had a title and the title said The Circle of Remembrance. And it was just such a strong dream. Not much else happened in that dream, but it was so strong. And I just knew this is the title of my next album. So it was really the feeling that, okay, it's already there. And I woke up, I was in Portugal at the time and I woke up at six in the morning, the sun was rising and it's really three years ago. It was April or May 2020. And I just went for a long walk to the ocean because I really, it was such a big feeling of like, wow, okay, I just finished the first one, but here <laughs> is the next one. And so in a way I was given the title and, and I would say I'm, I'm also being given the songs, but of course I, I still have to sit down and feel them and, and bring them into being. And then for an entire album, also decide like which songs fits on that theme or fits as a whole. Um, but I don't know if it's even so much deciding, but yeah, because with my album now and also the first album, my experience is very much that in the process of recording, if a song isn't meant to be on there after all, something will just not work out and we'll decide not to do it. And maybe another song comes in. But it's kind of for me as if the songs have like their own spirit, you know, and they know exactly like where they need to go and when. And maybe some songs don't come on the album, but they are released as a single or in another way at a later moment. So, yeah, for me, creating an album, it's very intuitive. Like it's very much a receiving. And again, that space that I spoke about, like I need to create this space so I can receive whatever it is that wants to come through. And then, of course, there's after that you receive, but then there's the whole part of the practical, really the manifestation of how to bring it into being. And that's a whole nother journey. (laughs) So beautiful. I mean, you know, we were talking before we started about the stressful dream I had last night, and often my dreams are stressful. To have such an impactful (laughs) dream is spectacular. I just can't wait to hear the rest of this album. Again, I'm not suggesting everyone jump off and start listening, but I will say, yes, we just released a song for Earth Day, and I listened to it first thing in the morning. I was still in bed, and tears just started falling down my cheeks. I mean, just her voice and the lyrics, it's really something spectacular. Uh, So since you talked about the production piece just then as well, I am curious you know, I won't say it's an easier path to go to a production company because you have to get accepted and deal with that, but it's a more courageous path and more challenging path potentially to go and decide to produce 
your album mm-hmm. on your own. And yet that's the path you've taken. Can you share about that decision and how you've made that happen? Yeah, so far that has just been a very clear feeling for me that I want to have the full ownership of what I create. And it's also been a really empowering journey because I, well, I did two crowdfundings for both these albums. So I really had to present people what it is that I'm envisioning, what it is that I'm creating, and also the resources financially that I need to create this. But then to have actually, yeah, these campaigns then succeeded. Some was, one was easier than the other, but it grew and it also grew. Yeah, I think it grew automatically my audience and also my sense of, hey, there's really a community here that wants to listen. So yeah, in, in one way, it's more challenging, I think, because there is many things that maybe if you have a label or, you know, yeah, a label that does all these things for you, you don't have to deal with more the administrative things and the organization. Uh, And at the same time, I've learned so much and I wouldn't have wanted to miss any of that because even if I decide maybe in some years to go with a label, I know the whole process now, like everything that needs to happen to create an album or even just to create one song because there's so much I didn't know, like about mixing and mastering and and musicians, you know, that you want to invite and, and, and all these things like, and then the release and the promotion. Yeah, it's a lot of work for now. I'm mostly doing all of that by myself still, but I really, yeah, I really would have wanted to miss it because it really feels like, yeah, I created this from all of it. And, uh, yeah, and I learned. And I think that's the biggest gift because then we grow and, and we can create new things with the things we've learned. I love your approach to everything. You just have a positive spin. On everything. I mean, I, as a new artist and even a new podcaster, there's not just the recording pieces or learning how to paint well, but then there's the marketing and social media and Mm -hmm. understanding sales and taxes. There's so many different pieces. And yet it's, well, I just want to be creative. I just want to get my message out there. I just want to get my art out there. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how things work. There's all these other pieces that come with it. Uh, And I'll be honest, sometimes it feels frustrating, overwhelming of, I just want somebody to do that for me, make it go away so I can focus on the things I want to do. And Mm. yet you have an attitude of, this is so wonderful that I get to learn all of this. Mm. I'm just curious, as you're going through each piece, yeah, what is that experience as you realize, oh, wait a second, there's this whole other thing. I have to figure out how to crowdsource or I have to figure out how to market. Mm. What has that process been to you as each thing uncovers itself? Yeah, I mean, it depended on the moment, I would say, but most of the time it's also been quite organic because most of these things are also creative. It's just how you look at it. Like for me, marketing, it's also creative. Like I like to create nice images or work together with a photographer and, you know, and then I like to write text as well. Um so most of the time it's quite organic and because it's I'm sharing about something that I'm passionate about, it's the things I create and I feel I need to share them with the world. 
But definitely, it's also challenging sometimes. And what you just said really resonates for me. Like I, I'm also at a point now where it's actually work is becoming more, and I just feel I cannot do all these things in once. Like if I want to keep creating, <laughs> which is my main priority, I need at at some point, and I don't think very long from now, someone who can take over some of these tasks, because otherwise, yeah, I will not have time for things anymore. So. I think it's something that a lot of artists struggle with. And it's also really a journey to find your way with that, to find the joy and the discipline. And at the same time, also see where, where the balance is. Because, yeah, to ask for help if you need it. I think it's very valid. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you hit some fantastic mm. points there. Mm. Not only just finding the joy, but like, you know, a while ago, I had this aha, I'm, I'm a shower thinker. I always get my big ideas in my shower. Mm. Uh, <laughs> And I had one the other day of, I don't want to do anything unless it's fun. Now, admittedly, there are certain things that you just have to do. I don't know that I, let's say, find washing dishes fun, but I can also sing while I'm doing it or make up goofy faces or something, right? But I love the idea of, it's not even the have to. It's like you talked about earlier, don't make things a to-do. It's, I get to, you know, I want my art out in the world. I want the podcast out in the world. And isn't it? exciting that I, all I have to do is learn something new and then it's going to get out there, right? It's not seeing things as a burden, but as it's just the next thing. And so I just think that's beautiful the way you're able to see joy everywhere. Yeah. As a gift to the world. So yeah. And the other thing that, that you just casually mentioned at the end, but I think is such an important thing for people to hear is to ask Mm -hmm. for help and then to receive it. That's the other thing I think as women, yeah, we don't often receive it. Years ago, I had this cardiologist who was new and really didn't know what he was doing. And he was uh-huh. doing a test and I was supposed to travel. And he said, yeah, I don't think you'll die. You should be okay. I don't think you'll drop dead. And I was so shocked. He sent me for a test and I was talking to a friend and they said, well, why don't you invite somebody to go with you? Oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. I ask too many favors. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's no quota. You're allowed to ask people for help if you want help. And yeah. my brother came and he was thrilled to be there with me. My heart was fine. The doctor was wrong. Uh, and wow. it was great to be able to ask for it and then receive it and, you know, obviously show gratitude. But yeah. I think those are really core things for women. We're taught, no, 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 you have to do it all, do it all, do it all. Don't ask yeah. for help. Push it yeah. away. And then even when it is offered to say, no, 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 I don't need it when really you do. So I think you really hit on something very important there. Yeah. So while we're talking about the music, if there are people who want to pursue a creative career, but are nervous about this, you know, they're maybe holding on to some of the old ideas that it's very hard to make a living. Do you have any advice Mm -hmm. for those people? Mm Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't make a living out of this like overnight <laughs> also. So I always had things on the side. So I would say get creative about your creativity. Like it's really also because usually most of us, we like more than one thing. And like what I did was I did this yoga teacher training and I just started teaching yoga and that was my income. And then I put the music with it. And, and at some point the, the music overtook the yoga but I was doing something I liked all this time. And so I didn't feel, you know, like I had to work in order to be able to be creative, but I just found something where I could kind of combine these two things. And I think there's, there's plenty of opportunities for that. But also 
And that ties in a little bit with that topic also of asking for help because that's connected to worthiness. And I think especially if it's about women's artists, like, yeah, we just have this tendency sometimes to really downplay the things that we create as if they're not important or it's not beautiful or it's not special enough or whatever. And and this is the first step, I think, to really believe and see that whatever it is that you're creating, of course it's worthy because it's unique and we need women's art. Like we need it so much. You know, it's so healing and helpful for the person who's creating it and for whoever resonates with it. And I think, yeah, collectively as women, we can, and women artists, we can start to wake up more to that, that you're not just creating for yourself. And there, even if it's just one person, but there might be someone out there that, you know, is going to just like feel healed by your words or your painting or your song. And yeah, I, it's also for me when I'm saying it now, it's like really to remember that, that, oh yeah, whatever these seeds and these gifts are that we have been given, they were not planted there just for us. Like they are there to be shared and especially, yeah, well, we need everyone's gifts, but yeah, for women, from women, for women, like this is so needed, this art right now. Uh, yeah, I call it art for the heart. It's really you know, that what touches and moves us. Mm. Thank you so much. I mean, that makes me think about some of your other work and some of your goals and things coming up. Can you share, you know, with Art for the Heart and some of the work that you are doing with women and have done with women and some of your intentions Mm. for that going into the future? Well, I love, besides playing music and sharing that, I really love to, to guide women's circles and women's retreats or voice workshops with women, because I feel that, yeah, collectively, there's really that movement going on of like, as women, we are freeing our voices, we are freeing our expression, we are liberating ourselves from all this conditioning that even though a lot has changed in, let's say, the last hundred years, these things are still so present and because they are in our blood, in our cells, like, you know, just our grandmothers had a completely different life. Our mothers still had a completely different life from us. And so this is a slow process. And I feel getting together with women and and doing these practices of freeing the body, freeing the voice, creatively expressing ourselves, going into nature, connecting with our hearts and connecting with what's true, most of all, within. It's just... It's just magic, basically, because whatever, it's like always whatever comes out is usually what one woman, you know, creates or shares is usually what the whole group recognizes in in her own way. And in this way, I can really see that this is like such deep healing work in a way, but because we share and then we realize we're not alone with these experiences because often it can feel really lonely, like these themes that that women are are struggling with of you know standing up for themselves feeling their worth and it just gets amplified like the power of realizing this when we are together and that's why i love to create these spaces where we have more time to go into depth and it's really a safe space by women for women Mm -hmm. that's the intention of this podcast as well obviously we're not together but my idea is that by bringing together you know, on the podcast, bringing women together in this way, that it does have that impact that people hear stories of 
oh, she was scared, but she pursued her music anyway. Oh, this person had a struggle, but they did it anyway. You know, there are ways through. There are other people who have done this. And to hear that voice, yes, it's obviously nice to be with people in person. But to just even see a video or to hear the voice of that person went through it too. They understand me. I'm not alone. Yeah. There's a way through this. There's an understanding I think is, is just beautiful. And I also love that what you've mentioned are not head practices for the most part. I mean, over the last Mm -hmm. several years, that's been a journey for me. I've been very Mm -hmm. much a thinker Mm -hmm. and a left brain analyze logic And the journey has been getting into my body and realizing that most of my truth and my wisdom is actually in my body, whether that's through dance or somatic therapy or plant medicine, paint, all of that is getting out of my body. And that's where my truth happens. I mean, things will just come through me. You've mentioned this a few times, but painting will appear that I did not create. I mean, yes, I created it, but it feels like something from beyond. Or when I've danced, sometimes... I just start crying or screaming and it's not even something in the moment. I'm fine, but something old that's, you know, maybe it is another generation even is coming through and the process comes through. I cry and a minute later I'm fine, but it just got released. And so I think that's another beautiful thing that you're giving people these paths into themselves in a way that we're not necessarily taught to do, at least in the Western culture, it is much more about thinking and processing and even talk therapy. I joke that I don't go to talk therapy because I could outthink my therapist, right? Because it's like, well, if I don't want to answer that, I'll just tell you what you want to hear. But if it's (laughs) somatic, they can see it. They can see that my face is twitching or that my arm is moving or that I'm holding myself tightly, right? The body, you can't lie when it comes to body wisdom. Body I think that's spectacular that you're teaching people Mm -hmm. all of those other ways to connect with themselves and then with each other. Yeah, and because it can be scary, you know, when these things come out and, and we don't have an explanation for that, right? Like sometimes when big emotions come and later maybe we could see, oh, there was that that moved through me or had to do with that. But yeah, and I think then when there's a safe space and a support around, there is that container in which these processes can also happen. And, and yeah, you will feel more held and safe or whatever, yeah, wants to come through. I mean, and it's interesting with the emotions that you bring up also that it's, you know, the big ones, the big ones are usually not big waves of joy. I mean, those obviously come as well, but the ones that are scarier to us are the sadness, the anger, some of the Mm -hmm. others that are seen as negative, that we try Mm -hmm. to hide, that we don't want to feel, that we don't want to show around people. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing that you're doing or that the things that I've experienced is creating space where, no, that's actually fine. Everybody feels sadness. Everybody feels anger. And if you're not feeling it, it's going on and you're just acknowledging it because it's part of being human. And yeah. so to let them see that it, they're all okay. I actually had a teacher who said, mm-hmm. joy is the matriarch of all emotions. And if her children are not welcome, she will not show up. And wow. you know, the idea is that you have to, when the anger shows up, you know, yeah. handle how you express it but let it be felt when the sadness comes up, you know, maybe in the middle of a meeting, you don't want to start crying, but just yeah. recognize that it's there and then, you know, let it flow later on. Okay. I think that's the other element that's going on. Yeah. yeah. You've mentioned a lot about earth. Can you share a little bit more about your connection to earth and what that means to you and to us? 
Yeah. Yeah. As you said already, there was a song that came out last weekend on Earth Day, Sacred Earth. I think that song really captures, the lyrics really capture my connection with it because for me, it's really to go out into nature and to connect deeply. It's like I go there to pray. I go there to to reset my nervous system. I go there just to marvel at the magic. I think it's a remembering, you know, to be in nature is a remembering of, of who we are as well. We are in nature and we are not separate from that in any way, but we think often or we've created this world in which it seems like it's us and the nature. <laughs> and this is what I so much love about being in nature because it's kind of, and I think almost every human being has that experience. Like it just calms us down and helps us feel it. Like, oh yeah. There is all these living beings and I'm part of this and also the rhythm of nature, like it's much slower, it's much more calm in a way or it's very, and I think we come from that same rhythm. It's just that in yeah today's world, our rhythms have sped up so much and for some part it's it's cool and, you know, new things are possible and for some part it can be very overwhelming and it feels like for me, at least, my system cannot always keep up with that. And so when I come in nature, I'm, I just realize that, oh, yeah, this is where I come from. So it's logical. Most of that other stuff is pretty fast for me. It's a real homecoming for me. And yeah, and I just love to feel, I'm very sensitive to energy. So I just love to feel the energy in different places in nature because it's also, it's like, like human society, you know, there's darker and lighter places. Yeah, it's all there. And it's just very beautiful to become one with that, I feel. Yeah, I love that idea of really tapping into the rhythm. And the other thing that's come up for me recently as well is mm. seasons, but seasons of our life. I mean, I'll say from 2019, I left my career, my 25-year career in consulting. And yeah. you'd think that I'd be joyous and out there. And oddly, I couldn't get myself off the couch for most of the year. I was just still and I didn't know what was happening. Okay. 2020 then, you know, with lockdowns, 2021 was still the haze of the lockdowns. So for a good three, three and a half years, I just felt heavy. I really didn't have energy. I wasn't moving very much. And now, I mean, I'm more lit up than I think I've ever been in my life. And my days are filled with beautiful, fun things. And it just feels like the seasons of our life, this is how it happens, right? That we have the winters and the springs and the summers and to acknowledge that we're not going to be happy, energetic, out there making things happen all the time. There are times that we need to be slow and quiet and yeah. still in order for these other things to come through. I mean, if I had not been basically brought to my knees during the COVID lockdowns, I wouldn't have been cracked open to birth what's coming out now. And so it's, so it's just to allow those different phases and seasons to come through us and to acknowledge yeah. that that's just where we are. And, you know, there are days that maybe I wanted more energy, but you can't push yourself. I mean, yes, there's coffee, but there's, that's only going to last for so long, right? You can't just keep pushing and pushing. It's, you know, you're borrowing energy from tomorrow for today. And to just yeah. acknowledge, I just can't. Even today, I don't have as much energy and yeah. I love kayaking and hiking. And I've had friends ask me to go do those things. And I'm like, no, I'll go for a walk. I'll get together. But I know yeah. that I just don't have that energy right now. And I want to acknowledge that my body is just mm -hmm. not in that space. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
If you'd like to share about your upcoming retreat, since we're talking about your women's circles, I know you have something coming up in in Scotland. Yes. Yeah. I just shared a little bit about that today. I was very excited. I'm going to Scotland or basically to the Isle of Iona in September with a group of women. And the main theme of that retreat is basically a deep nature immersion. I visited that island last year, Iona, by myself. I went to camp there. And it's just, it's a small island, but it's still so wild, like the energy of it. And there is like a little village and stuff like that. But somehow it's just, it's very untouched. And it's an energy that I felt on that island that I haven't felt anywhere else in the world before. It just has like a healing aura, something like that. Also very feminine energy. So yeah, I had a deep experience there with myself. And then just before I left the island, I kind of, it felt like I heard a voice or it just felt like the island was asking me like, okay, can you come back next year? But this time with a group of women, (laughs) will you take a group of women here next year? And I, I just felt like, yes, yes, totally. Like I will do it. And then, yeah, I just had to figure out the practical stuff. But now, yeah, everything's organized. And yeah, we're going with a group of women from different countries, different generations. And I'm just super excited because, well, I have a program. Of course, we have certain elements we will bring in, like singing and dance and creative expression. And we'll have a silence day. And we're going to visit all these beautiful places in nature do ceremonies with the different elements. And at the same time, this place is just so magical that I know that the moment, like the place itself will guide the group and it will guide also the energy. So I'm just super curious and excited basically to be a vessel for whatever wants to come through for that week. Yeah. And so far it's also very beautiful because the the group that is forming, all the women that signed up now, they just said, yeah, I just saw this once and then it kept coming back to me or I had a dream about it or one friend sent this to me and I just knew immediately I have to be there. And and I feel it's really how these retreats will come together because there's just a strong calling and each soul that needs to be there will feel it. And this is how we will form the group. So there's still some spaces left. So it's a warm invitation for anyone listening. End of September, we're going to Iona for one week. And you're warmly, warmly invited. Yeah. It sounds absolutely beautiful. I've never been. I've traveled a lot and I've not been. So that is now going on my list. You know, one thing that keeps coming up in what you're saying that really strikes me is Mm -hmm. trust. You know, Mm -hmm. because even the idea of bringing Mm -hmm. people together, while it sounds spectacular, I could imagine (laughs) that it would also, for me at least, Maybe make me nervous that I am responsible for these people. Mm. That's something I think, actually, as I say it out loud, it's something that I and I think a lot of women struggle with, that we think mm-hmm. we're responsible for somebody else, for their experience, for their joy, for their emotions. Oh, and I'm yeah. going to catch myself that obviously I'm not. I mean, you are responsible for setting a container and an intention and then things unfold. But yeah. you know, going to a different country and inviting people to do something like that could bring up, again, more fear or nervousness of how is this going to go? And yet Mm -hmm. with this, with your music, with so many things you've talked about, you just seem to have this trust that things work out as they are supposed to work out, that the songs that are supposed to be sung will be sung. The people who are supposed to show up will show up. 
You have the trust beyond yourself is the sense I get. You have this deep connection to a universal energy or something. You can tell us more. Mm-hmm. And just a knowing. It feels like a surrender of, mm-hmm. you know, it almost comes back to what I was talking about, getting out of your head, that you don't think about yeah. all of this stuff. It's a, I'm going to trust in the flow of what comes through me and I'm going to follow that flow and I'm going to follow the next step, right? The fact that you said that the island invited you there. So being yeah. so tuned in to what is meant to be. I'm curious also if you believe in fate or, you know, just a little Um, bit more on how things unfold. Yeah. Well, I've just seen, you know, I, of course, sometimes I'm afraid and also I've had huge challenges sometimes, but then it always comes back to the same thing. Like I, I just don't know. Right. I don't know. And so, and I do trust that something bigger does know. <laughs> so I'll have to let go and then I'll feel, I'll feel much better. <laughs> so I think it's also, it's something definitely that grew this trust because just holding on and trying to control things wasn't making me feel good at all. So, and I do believe that life in its essence, you know, is just. It's guiding us and there's, and there's a trust. There's a peace in life. It's just that we have our experience that we need to have in order to have this soul journey where we experience many other things. But I always feel that when I come back to trust, it's actually me coming back to reality. Kind of. Yeah. Like the rest is mostly my imagination. <laughs> right. But this is, of course, an ongoing dance because I'm human and I have lots of fears as well. But I'm done with like pulling on things, you know, or pushing or pulling when I feel I need to do that. And I just let go because then I just know I don't think it's meant to be indeed. And I, I don't know so much this, this, yeah, this question of faith and destiny. I do definitely feel that somehow we all came down here and we chose a specific life with specific themes and challenges and growth. And experiences and I often have the experiences of deja vu or meeting people that I meet for the first time but I really feel like I already know them so definitely there is that sense of magic that I experience where I just feel like wow I think it seems like this was already you know written in the script somehow and at the same time I see that we are also very powerful that's you know, we kind of, we can open or close doors in our life, depending also on what, what we create with our imagination, right? Like, what do we, do we choose trust or do we choose fear? And not to say like, we have to push away what we don't like, but more like, yeah, what is your main view on life? Because I think you can miss out on many good things if, you know, if the fear is kind of clouding your entire worldview. So in that sense, I do think there is some sort of script it feels sometimes, but at the same time, we are also very powerful in, in deciding how we want to live that and, and which parts we want to welcome of the script <laughs> or the blueprint. Maybe it's a better word, the blueprint of our souls. You're sharing such wisdom. I just, I, I'm so excited for all of this message to get out. There are a few <laughs> things that you just touched on there that I think are really key points, the push-pull versus allowing. And it's something that mm-hmm. I, over these last few years, have been shifting myself. You know, my consulting career, I'm originally from New York. Consulting, mm-hmm. we are there to provide value. And so it was very much push, push, push. 
in like an immature masculine and not picking on men. So I'm talking more about the masculine energy, not about men. Yeah. But, you know, masculine is more about the do and feminine is more about receiving. And I was very much in that. I need to make it happen. I need to push it and be responsible. And Mm -hmm. this journey of no. And if I catch myself in that push mode, then I pause and was like, okay, no, I'm going to allow. It's going to work out. It always does. It may not work out exactly how I expected or maybe how I wanted in that moment. Like even going back to 2020, I was at the beginning of a trip around the world when the COVID lockdown started. And so from Mexico, I had to decide to give up that dream and come back. And so I could have pushed and continued to travel and had a very strange experience traveling through places that were locked down. Or I can just accept that that's just not the best path for now and ultimately surrender. It took me a while to surrender to all of it because we also had wildfires here. And so it was, you can't be in, you can't be out. And so it was just layer after layer of learning to just allow and then receive what happens because in that darkness is when I found painting. And so wow. I think just, especially as women being in that masculine role, which especially I think for moms and single moms, working moms mm-hmm. who do need to make things happen, you can get caught in that energy of make it, make it, make it, make it, make it. Yeah. And it's harder to just pause and think, okay, how can I also be receptive to what's going on here? Uh, mm-hmm. And I know it's a balance. I'm not saying that we don't need to to make things happen. Mm-hmm. It's something to be aware of. And I think that's definitely. And then the other thing is you said imagination and that idea of that what we're coming up with in our head is not reality. It's just our make-believe <laughs> seeing and imagining of of what's going on there, right? There's actually what's happening. And then there's what I think about it. And what I'm projecting onto it. And I love the idea of seeing it almost as an imagination. It makes it fun yeah. rather than tragic. Let's just let it go. Let's see what's actually going on, which, you know, is yeah. hard because we always have our experience and our beliefs yeah. as filters. And we have to actually consciously remove it to expand to what's showing up. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of relationships because often I find myself in the mirror of, of someone I'm relating to that I can open also to a new perspective if I open up to, you know, how the other is seeing. Well, and sometimes it's not helpful, but <laughs> let's say that it's helpful. That is that's also the beauty, I think, how we can help each other to like shift perspective and see that the story we're telling ourselves is maybe not actually what's happening, right? It's just our conditioning or beliefs about certain things. And especially those stories that are no longer serving us. I mean, that's a big theme in Hell Yes Life. We've been told so many things from society, from our families, from our friends, and then ultimately from ourselves of what's possible, of what we can be, of who we are. And the Hell Yes Life or your Hell Yes Life is all about seeing all of that as nonsense and slowly uncovering the truth of you can do and be anything and you are here to fully express yourself so that we can all experience the that beautiful light that we have inside of us. Yeah. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I feel so happy that I interrupted your conversation last year in Portugal and invited myself in and got to meet you and then ultimately got to hear you sing and now to learn much more about you. I'm so excited about other people hearing Mm. your music and hearing your wisdom because you are just a beautiful, wise soul. 
So if we can talk about where people can find you. So you can find me as Jeska Underwater, but with an O, so Underwater, J-E-S-K-A-O-N-D-E-R, Water. And you can find me on Spotify, my music, and all other music platforms. Uh, my website is myname.com. And you can find me on that name on Instagram and Facebook, where I share regularly the things that are going on. And I have a newsletter as well. If you're really interested in any of the events or the new music coming out, I really love to send newsletters. I can go a bit more in depth and it feels less instant than the social media sharings. So I want welcome to, to meet and connect there. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to know that other people are going to hear your music because it's just true magic. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate you being here. That's it for this episode of Your Hell Yes Life. I hope it inspired you to keep trailblazing your unique path. I have some fantastic episodes coming up, so don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. If you want to help spread the Hell Yes magic, please leave a rating and review there as well and share the podcast with your family and friends. Let's make this a movement. And remember... Always be brave and true to your hell yes.